0: We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us.
1: Hey Steven, so summer is winding down, which means a ton of pageants are wrapping up. So odds are, you're listening, you are looking for your next title or you just received your new title. So if you just received your new title, congratulations. If you're aiming for your next one, you're gonna have a lot of appearances to do yourself while you prepare. So one thing that's great for new title holders and aspiring title holders alike is our customized pageant autograph pad.
0: Okay, so what's the importance of having an autograph pad in the first place?
1: Well, the importance is huge, really, because anywhere you go or you do an appearance, you're going to meet people that you have connection with. And that connection either occurs with them just being starstruck and can't believe they meet you, or you have a great conversation, or they're a potential sponsor or a current sponsor you want to thank. So that autograph card... Um, it's going to be so valuable in building relationships and creating a reputation in your community and beyond. So always having one with you to be able to sign and leave behind is just the quickest and easiest way to leave a great impression and pave the way for great relationships.
0: That's great. Okay, so tell us some about the, the customized autograph pad that that ours delivers. Yes,
1: yeah, so they're a great size. They're five and a half by 6 inches, and there's 40 custom pages. So you send us the image you want to use, we jazz it up, we put your title on there, um, logos of your pageant if you'd like, and it's in full color, so it's really, really sharp. Our marketing team will work with you to make sure your photo is the quality and the type that we need. Um, and it's tearaway, so it fits probably in any crown box or purse that you have. Um, and then you just have to bring it along with you everywhere you go. So send us the image. Um, it ships within seven to 10 days. So you get it really quickly and it's free shipping um, and it's printed on every page and it has a nice cardboard backing. So you don't have to worry about the pages like getting crinkled or messy or anything. It'll stay really nice and really pristine as long as you have it.
0: Okay. And what's the cost and how can they find it?
1: So they can find it by visiting shop.pageantplanet.com and the cost is twenty four ninety nine. And again, that's Forty pages, and I think some of them might like give you like Baker's dozen pages where you get extra that are not accounted for in that forty. I think like Miss Captivating said that she felt like she had a ton more, um, so no promises there. But still, twenty five bucks to leave a lasting impression with a great image of yourself, tear away, convenient, like it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks, Jesse. we are going to be discussing the life of Pia Wurtzbach. So, Jesse, set the stage.
1: Well, Steven, we know the road to the crown can be anything but traditional. And despite all the preparation in the world, things might still not go as planned. And as a title holder, you will find that things rarely go off without a hitch. That means you have to be flexible, but you can't forget your ultimate goal.
0: Yeah, and no one knows that better than Pia, I mean, who endured the ultimate you know, pageantry glitch with uh, <clears throat> yeah, Steve Harvey.
1: Stephen, when's the last time something in your life went exactly as planned?
0: I mean, I'd like to say like never unless it's like even a day off, right? Like even when you take days off, there's always something like, oh, maybe I should do something else spontaneous. Like when you're just thinking around like, I'm just going to lay here and watch Netflix all day or Mm -hmm. I'm just going to totally unwind. You know, even something then like spontaneous will happen throughout the day. You get a phone call, a text or whatever that you just didn't necessarily anticipate. Mm -hmm. And I I remember reading this thing about um, the Apollo uh, rocket or whatever that went to the moon. Um, And their journey to the moon, they were off course 97% of the time. they were off course. So they always had to make, I remember reading this years ago in the personal development book, but, um, they had to make these minor course corrections all throughout their journey. And they were actually only on course. So that leaves 3% of the time. So, which is like actually quite comforting for me as just a human that you don't have to have everything figured out, um, from the jump. I mean, you can course correct along the way and still, you know, end up on the moon.
1: Literally not rocket science.
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what about you? Well,
1: um, so I have a really funny example of how things, doesn't go, things don't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. So I eat... Oatmeal every morning okay. at work. So I go to work, and then there's a Keurig and a microwave. So I put the mic, I put the oatmeal in the microwave for a minute. Like so, it says it says put it in for a minute. So I followed the directions the first time around. So this should be no problem. I hit my coffee in the Keurig, and they take about the same time. So perfect. So I'm like chatting with a coworker. The bell goes off, my oatmeal, and it is everywhere. The minute isn't gonna be what we want it to be. So now I am. First of all, I'm embarrassed. Like, uh-huh. of I'm cleaning. Like there's not enough things to do in the day. I have to now clean this microwave and I look <laughs> like a fool. So now I know I set it for 45 seconds and then I have to watch it the whole time and stop it. Sometimes stir it in between. So it's adaptation. Like you try things are supposed to be exactly as planned. They make a mess literally and figuratively sometimes. And then you have to adjust based on, okay, what is the finding? What was the problem? How do I fix it? So uh-huh. it's a silly example but it is a real one
0: yeah no agreed and i I've, <laughs> i I've, you said oatmeal and i have to me kind of a gross oatmeal story um oh Lord. you know so i make oatmeal um not every morning but like i mean in the past i used to make a lot more actually you know before this event and so i made my oatmeal like normal you know microwave all that and you know the oats and um i take a few bites of it whatever And then all of a sudden, like I could feel a hair wrapped all the way around my tongue. No. So (laughs) And so and then you know, oatmeal is kinda like like pasty or whatever, and then you got kind of like grabbing with your fingers. And Renata's hair just goes everywhere.
1: Mine too. And I'm just
0: like, how did your hair get in the oatmeal? And like, oh. how did I not see it when I was scooping it out? How did I not see it when I was scooping it with a spoon? You know, all that stuff. But yeah, sometimes you know, life just doesn't go as planned. Oh. You get hair in your oatmeal. Oh, oh, it was so gross. So it's gross. It's
1: like the new fly in the ointment. It's yeah. like worse than that. Oh. Very
0: bad. All right. So back to Pia. Pia, things don't always go like, you know, you want them to, especially in Pia's case. Um, but so Pia... Um, Angela Alonzo Wartbach. She was born on September the 24th, 1989, and is a fil- Filipina-German model, actress, and former beauty pageant title holder who was crowned Miss Universe 2015. And, uh, and there-
1: she, she's beloved, really. I mean, yeah. when we put out the word that we were having this podcast, we got a, like an outpouring of love and support for her. And um, this is from Alexis T. Thayu, I think her name is. But it's Alexis T. -T T-H-A-O-O. Stephen, you want to read what she said? Yeah,
0: she said, Pia is by far my favorite Miss Universe. She has such a lively personality that is so contagious. You can't help but to love her. Pia constantly um, remains a humble queen with a kind heart for everyone around her as well as the universe. She is real and unapologetically herself. And that's what I admire so much about her. And I can attest to the fan base. Like I remember... Um, like we like toyed with like reviews or whatnot on, on Facebook and we just did a news article of like how Pia like might know some of the contestants that's competing. And she was like, it's a judge. And it wasn't even like a a bashing article. It was just like, Hey, you know, she might like is as a conflict just to start conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. We got like 13 one star reviews just because we (coughs) did that. Like our ranking went from like a five star to it was like a three. <laughs> I was like, what happened? And it was just because we like somewhat said something negative and it's people that's never used our service before or anything. But we wrote a news article that was slightly like, you know, controversial about Pia and we got all those negative reviews. So it was like, okay, reviews do not work for our platform <laughs> because. We got
1: to, we got to think of like the, so the Beyonce has the Bayhive Like, we got to think of what the Pia fan base is called. I feel like it's real.
0: Yeah, it's a real thing. And I would say, like, just the Filipino culture as a whole, if you speak anything that's, like, somewhat, um, I don't even, just if you say something that's neutral or less, you better be prepared for a fight. And they they
1: love their their queens. They yeah. really do. And
0: I think that's so awesome that they're that supportive and they mm-hmm. just stand behind their queens. It doesn't it doesn't matter. And they have the most passionate fan base in the in the world.
1: They do. Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, interestingly enough, like Pia is not, as we know, like completely Filipino. She's not 100% Filipino. She was born in Stuttgart, Germany, um, to a German father and Filipino mother. And her middle name, Alonzo, is her mother's mother's maiden name, which is actually pretty traditional to the naming practice of the Philippines, which my best friend is Filipino. And her maid, her her middle name was her mother's maiden name. Yeah, so Renata's I, is, I, is too.
0: <laughs> yeah, Renata's yeah. is too. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And so she and her family moved to the Philippines when she was a small child and they later moved again um, to the country's northern Mid Midnano region. Yeah. Midanyo region.
0: Yeah, and all the disclaimers. We're trying our best here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> according as to always. yeah, as always, yeah. Uh, according to E News, um, Pia she was a small she was a shy child. Um, she said Pia had this to say about herself. She said, "At school, I was a wallflower. I was always the last person in our flag ceremony." Um, Q because I was the tallest in the class and it was difficult to have a crush because you're too tall for the boy. And I know that's true when the girls um, that I went to school with, that their growth spurt hit before everyone else's, they were always single until the guys caught up just the way that it was. And I,
1: I see a lot of my, our taller VIP contestants or clients that we've worked with And I look at their Instagram, they're constantly hunching in pictures like with their friends because they're just so uncomfortable, like standing out. And like, I'm just saying like tall girls become models and can wear more comfortable shoes. So like, who's really winning here? So (laughs) embrace your height.
0: Right. And, you know, and I feel like this is a, this could be a coaching moment uh, for a few fold. One, just to state like what statistics are out there. Statistically, if a guy is the first one to hit his growth spurt, um, they typically have higher self esteem, you know, because, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, tall, dark, and handsome. Um, but when women hit their growth spurt before everyone else, they have just resting self esteem is traditionally lower. Um, for that same reason, because people get poked fun at guys, boys at that age are feeling insecure because the girls are taller than them. And then, you know, people would, or kids that we say can sometimes be the worst because they just don't know. And, you know, they can make fun, which can obviously have a negative impact on um, self-esteem. Um, so a coaching moment is one, just realizing that, you know, give your you know third or fourth grade self some grace. You had no <laughs> control over your, your growth spurt. Um, and then just like owning that fact, like what you said, like make the best of your height. I mean, women want height. I mean, it's great. It helps you spread weight more evenly. (laughs) There's just a lot of benefits. Um, but two, with the slouching thing, never slouch when you're talking Mm -hmm. in front of a microphone. And if the microphone is down to your knees, don't bend down to the microphone. If you have the opportunity to slide the microphone up slide the microphone up. If not, you just stand tall and proud and shout if you have to, but you never slouch your shoulders in order to stoop to the microphone.
1: Exactly. And if you're slouching in these casual pictures with your friends at school, odds are that habit's carrying over to the pageant stage and it's just going to kind of happen when you get nervous, your shoulders are going to start to to crunch up anyway so you have to make sure you're you're practicing that great posture all the time
0: yep so at the age of nine um pia's parents were separated and then um she became actually the family's main breadwinner um through like modeling and acting and i feel like this is kind of a familiar tale for a lot of the international que- queens that we've been hearing about as of recent
1: yeah i think katriana the current miss universe was also a breadwinner for her family through modeling and acting. Does that sound familiar, Stephen? Yeah,
0: I I remember hearing the same thing and and it could be uh, just like a Filipino cultural thing where, I mean, to put it in perspective, because we did look to hire some people in the Philippines and all that. I mean, the minimum wage there for some people is like $2 an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that that's the, you know, two U.S. dollars per hour. So it is a lot lower than what's like typical with you might find in, in Europe or, or in the United States and Canada. So um, if you get a modeling and acting job like that, it could be really significant for the family as as we probably see here.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So um, she finished her secondary education at ABS-CBN, Distance Learning Center in um, in and philippines and studied culinary arts at the center for asian culinary studies in san juan um is it manila 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 gosh i always i messed that up a few episodes ago too but it's manila but you know when i actually go to the philippines i know i'm going to get that right so manila you
1: are going to get it right yes i am you're going to get that what's that app uh babble and you're going to be like an expert in all sorts of
0: you just speak it and i just receive it that it's going to happen absolutely
1: yes So after being raised in the Philippines, she spent several years in England. Um, As a result, she, unlike Stephen and I, speaks fluent (laughs) Cebuano, English, Tagalog. She also speaks basic German, which I love this. She describes her German abilities as she can speak enough to get herself a bratwurst.
0: I love that. Um, Pia began acting at the age of four under the stage name Pia Romero, and she was managed by ABS-CBN corporation's talent agency Star Magic and she was included on the Star Circle Batch 11. Um mm-hmm. among her TV credits are the TV oriented series K2 BU, the concert variety program ASAP, the romance anthology Your Song, the sitcom show Bora and the dr- drama series Sa Pilik uh pilling Mo. So yeah, Saul Pillingmo. She appeared in films like All My Life in 2004 and All About Love in 2006. It's amazing to me, right? Like, again, we, I know we've covered this with Katriana a few episodes ago. But here are individuals who have the stardom. And then they go and compete in pageants. So mm-hmm. when people say pageantry isn't relevant... You have to show them stories like this. Like Here's somebody that was already famous, already the breadwinner, and they still saw pageantry as an opportunity to up their game. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Beautiful. It
1: is. And she went on from all that experience to become a stylist, a makeup artist, and beauty writer for Philippine Daily Inquirer's Be bu section. And during this time, she started to chase another dream. And that was, like you said, Stephen, becoming Miss Universe. She mm-hmm. saw value and she went for it. And In 2013, she was selected to compete in the 2013 Binny Binning Filipinas pageant for the first time.
0: Yeah, she's not ambitious at all. At all. (laughs) Uh, So... The Binging Binging Filipinas is a national beauty pageant in the Philippines that selects Filipino representatives to compete in two of the big four major international beauty pageants, Miss Universe and Miss International. It also selects four other title holders to participate in minor international pageants, such as Miss Supernational, uh, Miss Intercontinental, Miss Globe, and Miss Grand International.
1: I don't know how minor those are, but we discussed a really similar situation with priyanka chopra in india last week the week before and they also do that so i think it's really interesting that we see this trend in a lot of our international um competitors i guess like so the us we know as separates everything by system whereas a lot of other countries do this very streamlined and um the pageant we discussed um just now been in filipinas they, they crown all of those people the four Um, major pageants and then the four other pageants, which I will not call the minor um, and then two runners up. So all those Queens and then two runners up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in 2013, the pageant um, was named binging, binging. Um, Benny Binging, Filipinas Gold, to highlight the 50th anniversary of the pageant. And Pia was one of the 50 contestants that year. And on her first try, Pia, she didn't take home the title, but she placed first runner up and she won the Miss San Miguel Zero Fit and Sexy Body Award. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. in the United States, imagine. right? In the United States, that's, I mean, we get in trouble. What in trouble? I mean, there's some pushback about our, um, what is it? Our best swimsuit bodies award mm-hmm. and our best in pageantry, which is around the corner. So we're actually going to change it this year to like, um, you know, best fitness or, um, best. It's something like that. I don't remember. I don't have my notes in front of me, but because of the backlash last year. So I remember like, or I can only imagine if we said sexy body award, the kind of upheaval that that would be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Roasted. Roasted. Whoever, yeah, whoever did it would be roasted. <laughs> Well, anyway, so so she competed in 2013 and then in 2014 she was selected once again to compete. This time she was one of 40 contestants, but less contestants did not mean less competition because after nearly capturing a title in 2013, she only placed in the top 15. Um, which is wild to me. But she did win Miss Philippine Airlines and she's so Jag Award. So I think with a lot of the international pageants, they have a lot of sponsored awards. So she won a couple of those. But her placement was met with controversy.
0: Yeah. And commentators wondered if her like if the onstage question portion of the competition had a role to play in her not placing. She was asked in Tagalog by the Philippine judge, Senator Sonia um, Anagara, And he asked, and this is a rough translation, it's like, what is an important lesson for women in the world?
1: And her answer, and she responded in Tagalog, um, was kind of like, again, a rough translation. Intuition is most important, even if you are not sure what to do, you can expect your intuition. Many thought that answering in Tagalog cost her points from the international judges because they bring in judges from all over the world, and therefore any title that year, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, and this is a classic case, too, that we've talked about in other episodes that's worth repeating in a coaching moment, is that if you would have seen Pia's success, right, and then seen her headshot that you were competing against Pia, right, she was... Mm a model she was an actress and she had she was supporting her family based on their earnings in the world of entertainment you would think for sure she would be a slam dunk when it came to the pageant right and
1: she was first runner up the year before
0: right and so first one up top 15 and so i wonder you know because the girls i mean if you see it the numbers went down It went from 50 to 40 like did 10 girls stop because she entered I mean, I don't know, but I mean, the numbers slid down because she entered again. So it could have been like, oh, this is Pia's year. I'm not even going to try. And so I'm not saying that those 10 girls did it because I don't know who they are, but it could be a reality. So if you if someone's making you nervous, keep this story of Pia in mind. She had all the previous success and all the signs pointed to. She should have done really well, but she just made top 15.
1: Yep. Happens all the time.
0: Yeah. So in 2015, Pia was selected to compete in the pageant for a third time. And I was surprised to hear that the numbers went down again as there were only this time 34 contestants. And again, I'm like conspiracy theorist here, but it could be because she competed again.
1: Maybe. And this time she not only won a title, she won the highest scoring title of the pageant. Miss Universe Philippines. She also won the Miss Cream Silk Award. Again, I think that's a sponsored um, award. And during the question and answer portion of the pageant, she was asked by... Then Camarine Sir Representative Lenny Robredo, social media is now a very powerful tool in communication. Can you tell us your thoughts about internet censorship? And I don't think she answered in Tagalog this year, Stephen, but what did she say?
0: Yeah, she said, I think that we should be careful about what we post online, especially our thoughts and our opinions, that we don't hurt anyone, uh, anybody, especially selfies, We have to be careful with what we post, especially in our bodies, in our faces. So always think before you click. And according to Rappler, Pia said of her win, I was first runner-up in 2013 and I didn't make it last year. Now I finally did. It was a long journey getting here. I'm not going to waste this.
1: And this is a huge coaching moment for me because we see contestants compete year after year for the same title. And I love that phrase, I'm not going to waste this. Mm -hmm. So for those listening, I want you to either pause us now or I want you to take some time after you listen to the full episode. And I want you to to make a plan if you don't already. If you do, maybe we'll give you some homework assignment. But for me, when I work with clients, I encourage them to pick three of the highest level goals that they want to achieve when they win their dream title. And I don't want them to, to... pre-qualify them. So it's like, okay, I want to appear on the Today Show. Okay, great. That's your goal. If you want to go to Monaco and be an ambassador for the Grand Prix of Formula One racing, write that down, whatever those three are, and don't censor them. And then we say, okay, what's the first step that we have to do to get you there? And it's maybe, okay, do I send an email to the Formula One representative in the US and say, I'm working on this how can I help promote the races in the U.S. or the drivers in the U.S.? Or I mean, I'm getting very granular here with this example, but you get the idea. It's aim high and then start today taking those baby steps to get there. So in Pia's words, you don't waste this opportunity.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's so clutch that you physically write it down mm-hmm. and not hold it in your mind. You know, You need to write it down and the deadline is kind of built in. Because you know roughly when you're going to give your title up. So you got a year to accomplish it. So Mm -hmm. a deadline is kind of already built in. But yeah, writing it down is clutch. Anything significant I've ever achieved in my life has been because of a goal that I've already written down before I achieved it. So you've Mm -hmm. got to see it in your mind and write it down before you ever achieve it. For sure. So... Pia then, she went on to compete at the 2015 Miss Universe pageant, which was the 64th Miss Universe pageant. There were 80 contestants that year, which, I mean, if my members, memory serves me correctly, I feel like that was one of the biggest numbers that they had.
1: Yes, I think it was. And she was not faced by that at all. She was called in the top 15, the top 10, and then the top five. And during the 1st ontage question, because they've had multiple ontage questions in the past few years, Pia was asked by host Steve Harvey – Earlier this year, there was a controversy in the Philippines about the United States reopening a military base in your country. Do you think the United States should have a military presence in the Philippines?
0: And Pia answered, she said, I think that the United States and the Philippines have always had a good relationship with each other. We were colonized by the Americans, and we have their culture and our traditions even up until this day. And I think that we're very welcoming with the Americans, and I don't see any problem with that at all. Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, and that's a very political answer, and she handled it no sweat.
0: Yep, perfect.
1: So that landed her and Ariadna Gutierrez, Miss Columbia, and Olivia Jordan, Miss USA, in the top three. And for the final on-stage question, the top three contestants were asked the same question by Steve, and it was, why should you be the next Miss Universe? So we always say, remember make sure that you know your answer to Why should you be the next queen? Why do you want to be the next queen? Why do you stand out? All those basic questions that you will very likely get. I mean, this is point blank right there.
0: Yeah. And Pia answered, she said, to be a Miss Universe is both an honor and responsibility. If I were to be Miss Universe, I would use my voice to influence the youth and I would raise awareness to certain causes like HIV awareness that is timely and relevant to my country, which is the Philippines. I want to show the world, the universe rather, that I am confidently beautiful with a heart. Thank you.
1: And so begins every contestant <laughs> in the Miss Universe organization using the phrase confidently beautiful in their interview, mm-hmm. which is a pet peeve of mine, but P.S. at the standard. Yeah, and I feel
0: like, too, like to be Miss Universe is both an honor and a responsibility. I feel like that line, too, like it's both an honor and a responsibility, mm-hmm. is, is becoming more
1: common, too. Well, I think because the phrase, I know this is a job, is getting tired That people are trying to find new ways to really explain that without coming out and saying it. Um, But again, this was four years ago now. So Pia really was like ahead of the game on top of it, killing it
0: trailblazer um so then uh, miss usa okay. olivia jordan was named second runner-up leaving pia and gutierrez um as the final two then gutierrez was initially announced as the winner of miss universe 2015 and was crowned by the outgoing miss universe 2014 Paulina vega um, who also won who also won as miss columbia
1: and it seemed as if Columbia had brought home back to back Miss Universe crown as a result. However, I even get I still get cringy as I talk about it, as Gutierrez was raving waving a small Colombian flag in celebration. Steve Harvey came back on stage and he announced that there had been a mistake. He misread the results card and mistakenly announced Gutierrez as the winner. And Pia was actually Miss Universe 2015.
0: Ah, oh, I know. Oh, and gosh,
1: that, it still kills me.
0: I know. And like the moment became even more awkward as Pia made her way to the front of the stage. And I always think about Paulina in this, right? Because she oh, crowned, Lord. right, her... Friend, I mean, I'm assuming that they're friends from Colombia, and she was probably like so happy. And then, like, a former Miss Colombia had to take the Miss Universe crown off of the reigning Miss Colombia and then put it on like Miss Philippines. And like, Colombia and Philippines are very much rivals, like, Colombia. Philippines Venezuela they're very much rivals in the beauty pageant world mm-hmm. so um and like they talk so much trash to each other on social <laughs> media and they just like I mean go back and forth and we see it on our channel a lot and it's wild so I mean poor Paulina in that it is like so uncomfortable and um and then you have Pia too like Pia was kind of that had to have been a geez a blender of emotions and the same for Gutierrez you know for all that stuff to happen but um you can see the whole moment on YouTube if you've never watched the the Steve Harvey flub up but um so Pia Wynn gave the Philippines its third myth universe and the first one in 42 years
1: I'm gonna watch it 45 times today <laughs> like I have seen it before and now that this YouTube link is right in front of me I'm I'm gonna watch it a million times. I'm gonna yeah. watch it over and over again today because I just I still can't believe it. Uh
0: yeah. it it was a an infamous moment in pageant history.
1: Well, controversy has always surrounded it too. Like some critics believe that the move was a publicity stunt due to like the abnormal amount of airtime left at the end of the broadcast compared to previous broadcasts and broadcasts since. And I am not putting my tinfoil hat on completely, but it's definitely suspicious that there were like four minutes left when Pia was crowned when every pageant I've ever watched it's like they get crowned they do the walk they get bombarded by their friends and they're done right and then they literally cut the network literally cuts it off
0: right I mean and Steve Harvey took the heat but then he came out like even I don't know I think it was like maybe last year he's like listen I've taken a lot of heat for this but like here's what really went down and I've heard a few sides of this one um, you know because as a commentator I, I hear that like you, you don't really read the cards. It's kind of a prop for television because everything is like on the, the teleprompter. Um but so the story I heard originally was that it said like second, first, and then winner. And because Steve Harvey is the first pageant ever, he like instead of like we know it to be first runner up and then winner, he saw like first place. Mm. Like, so I heard that story Um, And that was kind of behind the scenes, a a friend of somebody who was the teleprompter person, they just put, you know, third, second, first, and then winner. And he read, and first place is, and then said it out loud. Um, So that was one. And then when he came out, he said that the teleprompter said something about like, read the cards, but then they had um, third, second, first on the card. But then the winner was like in the top left-hand corner and his thumb was over it. Mm. so like where he was holding the card and he was like it was small and up into the corner and so they just handed me the card right and so he was just holding the card and regardless of where the the winner thing was placed his thumb was over it so he again just saw first second um or third place second place first place and you know he didn't see the actual winner You know, so, you know, either way, he took the brunt of it. But I don't really feel like they set him up for success. And I feel like, too, this was wasn't this the first year that IMG took over?
1: Oh, I don't I don't know. I'm
0: thinking it was because I feel like Donald Trump just sold it, too, which also kind of played into the controversy. Like, hey, this is the first time that they took over. Um, and Donald Trump wasn't a part of it. So some people are like, ah, oh, Donald Trump should still own it. You know, it was better. And other people were like, ah, oh, they were using us as a publicity stunt. So either way, there's a lot of controversy around it and like what actually happened. but, That's the. What does your gut
1: tell you, Steven? I'm very curious. Like, what, if you really, like, what do you think happened? All those situations presented.
0: Yeah, all those situations. I genuinely just think that, I mean, in a pageant, there's a lot of crazy things that are happening backstage. And I feel like the Miss Universe organization probably did write it out in the card, and they probably did third, second, first, and all that. But I don't feel like there was any ill intent behind it. I don't feel like it was staged for controversy or anything like that. It's too big of a gamble. Like to risk your brand on it. Because if you're really staging something for controversy, a small group of people need to know about it so that you can bounce it back and forth, right? And so there's just too many potential things that could go wrong with all the negative backlash. And they really did get a lot of negative backlash. Um, that-
1: what about the time left? How do you explain that?
0: The time left is kind of easily, I feel like it's somewhat easily explainable because time left could be sponsors pulling out of the pageant. So like there's commercials Mm. being aired. So just like one or two commercials aren't aren't being posted. So you could have the extra time there. Um, There are so many moving factors in a reality show. And that's basically what it is. It's a reality show that, you know, the minutes could be less there. Plus Steve Harvey, this being his first pageant ever. um, He could have sped it up more um you know and just nervous jitters you know so i feel like the the time left there's so many different variables that it could be the time left that i just don't really see it but you know i do understand the allure of having uh uh, something that's controversial like this conspiracy theory because it's just kind of fun to ponder and kind of piece put the pieces together but i don't i don't really feel like there's anything like that behind it
1: well, I did um, quickly look up when IMG took over, and it, you're correct. It was, in fact, the first Miss Universe that wow. IMG managed to patch up.
0: Got it. Yeah.
1: So it could have been a learning experience for the timing for them, too.
0: Yeah, completely. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, and um, yeah, that's my two cents.
1: Yeah, right. so let's talk about Pia as Miss Universe. Okay,
0: so she hit the ground running as Miss Universe, and on January mm-hmm. the 21st, 2016 she traveled to bali indonesia to shoot a commercial for c1000 a vitamin brand which is available in you guessed it indonesia
1: and two days later she arrived in the philippines for a week-long homecoming celebration visits to manila makati Pasay, quezon city i don't know if i got any of those right <laughs> it sounded um, beautiful also, right right confidence takes you everywhere she also made courtesy calls to the congress of the philippines senate of the philippines and the palace and on february 1st she arrived in San Francisco to fulfill her duties as Inside Edition special correspondent for Super Bowl Fifty. And while there, she was reunited with um, Janine, who was the first runner up to Miss Universe twenty twelve, who was also from the Philippines. And it's funny; I I can't remember every contestant that competes, but I remember Janine clearly. She had like a, a silver metallic dress, hair and a ponytail. Do you remember her, Stephen?
0: Um, yeah, I do actually. Mm-hmm.
1: I like couldn't believe when I saw the name. I was like, oh my gosh! I like could picture her immediately.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I, I- So, to give kind of some behind the scenes, um, I have a friend, uh, media correspondent, first name's Megan, but um, she hosted that with um, Pia Warchbox. And she said from, like, start to finish, she was workaholic, just, like, really went in, rolled up her sleeves, served, did, like, just really just put in her all into serving, and was there to, like, the very end. And I think that that's really nice, that she Mm -hmm. was just able to really... Um. Just put her f- feet forward and just keep walking. So it says a um, lot about her. Yeah, it does. So on February twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen, she then traveled to uh, Toronto, Canada, to deliver a speech against bullying at the Speakers Forum for the International Students of Language Academy of Canada, wherein she shared some of her childhood experiences as a victim of bullying. During her stay in Canada, she was reunited with Miss Universe Canada two thousand fifteen, Paulana Nuez. Um, Valdez, and she also met and gave advice to contestants of Miss Universe Canada 2016.
1: And she went back to the Philippines again in March for an unannounced visit, so like a surprise, take care of some personal things, including renewing her passport, um, charity works, and, a, and film a commercial for a Philippine airline. And she met and gave advice to the candidates of Binibining Filipinas 2016 during their press presentation, which must have meant a lot to her knowing that she had gone through that experience 3 times.
0: Yeah. And then so Pia's farewell speech and walk at the binging binging uh binny binging Filipinas 2016 was the Miss Universe Philippines 2015 trended at social media with enormous hits. The video of her farewell speech was posted by Rappler.
1: And a month later she traveled to Machala, Ecuador to help the victims of the recent earthquake that killed the, that um, took the lives of at least 600 people. And she was welcomed by the, the mayor of Machala to the city mm. and was named an honorary volunteer of the Red Cross, where mm. she was invited to participate in the global appeal and raise resources to build 6,000 homes for the earthquake victims, which says a lot because we just heard that she traveled to Canada, spoke to a forum about bullying. We heard that she went back to the Philippines for parades and filming commercials. She literally has done it all in her year and and receiving this volunteer award. So, I think all of her life experience, and we talked about like this not being a traditional road, prepared her to be this multifaceted Miss Universe in a way that many Miss Universes before her were not able to fulfill.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think we just rattled off four or five countries that she just skipped across and made appearances in like visiting the palace. So the opportunities of becoming a Miss Universe, Miss USA, uh, Miss, you know, insert your country are tremendous, and mm-hmm. it can really open up massive opportunities which we're continuing to see in the life of Pia today so yeah in June of two thousand sixteen Pia represented the Philippines and the Miss Universe Organization in a high level meeting of the United Nations at that aimed at ending AIDS so in her capacity as Miss Universe, Pia visited Indonesia Canada Peru Ecuador, the Cayman Islands Thailand Panama, and the uh, united arab um United Arab Ameri- Emirates. Emirates gosh thank you English teacher for not helping <laughs> Singapore and several other cities across the United States in her native country the Philippines
1: and as a parting gift on her official photo shoot uh, Pia was granted actually elusive Mikimoto crown my favorite crown of all time um, and she crowned her successor Iris at the 65th Miss Universe pageant in January in the Philippines which I can't imagine how surreal that was giving up your title in your home country. Oh, my gosh. when yeah. they just revere her.
0: I know. I think she had like two parades. They had like two parades for her because there were so many people and like the, the parade line was so long. They had to split it up into mm-hmm. different days. So, yeah, it's been wild. But on January 29, 2017, uh, Pia revealed that she had signed a contract with WME and uh, slash IMGs universe division where she will continue to work with the Miss universe organization as an HIV AIDS awareness advocate after her reign. It was also revealed that she would appear on the fifth cycle of Asia's next top model as a guest judge on several episodes.
1: And I have a fun fact about Asia's Next Top Model. Oh, okay. So Yutsai, he is a judge on Asia's Next Top Model. He's also the primary photographer for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit issue. So if you don't know his name, you've seen his work. So he and Pia are like BFFs. And a million years ago, I was cast in this web series called Trust to Impress. It was a Herbal Essences promo series to launch a new hair care line. And you can find it on YouTube. No big deal. And Yutsai (laughs) was my photographer in that shoot
0: wow
1: so i mean hair toss hair toss i feel very <laughs> cool today talking about that
0: mbd mbd yeah. that is really cool and it's cool yeah, and yeah. it is nice how interconnected the the industry is truly yeah for sure yeah
1: thank you for letting me share that moment in the sun love that
0: so in october 2017 she returned the uh to abs uh cbn which marked her comeback to showbiz. Like she co-starred in events, Ganda and Daniel Padilla in a film under productions of star cinema. The project served as her acting comeback after six years in her first film in more than a decade.
1: And the film, it was part of the Revenger squad served as one of eight official film entries in the 2017 Metro Manila film festival. She won the new movie actress of the year award and, um, the 34th PMPC Star Award for movies for her performance. Very cool. And she is currently the host of World of Dance Philippines. And in collaboration with the Metro Channel, she also started a show called Pia's Postcards, born out of her love for traveling. And in her show, she interacts with global Filipinos, immerses herself in new cultural cultures and the local life.
0: Cute. Um, so although practicing, she's a practicing Roman Catholic and Marian devotee, has openly supported views that are in variance with the Catholic Church teaching, particularly the distribution of birth control via full implementation of the Philippines' reproductive health law and recognition of LGBTQ rights in the Philippines.
1: And on Instagram, she declared her support for the LGBTQ community in light of the Orlando nightclub shooting, um, Pulse nightclub in 2016. And in December, she met with the Archbishop of Manila, Lu- Luis Tegel, for um and for receiving like a personal like rosary from post pope francis i mean she just traveled so much within the church and uh, being accepted and still being able to be outspoken i feel like a lot of people are not able to find that balance
0: yeah it's great and pia is an advocate for gender equality and in 2017 pia was named the um un aids goodwill ambassador for asia and specific- and pacific um and terms of her romantic life pia has tweeted that she mm-hmm. intends to remain unmarried and child free like is this in perpetuity or just I don't
1: like know. I don't... maybe things change yeah
0: yeah so she's in a relationship with filipino swiss race car driver um and the two started dating in october 16th but she's dating with no like apparently no no end in marriage in sight
1: i mean they've been together for three years yeah that's wild yeah so if you want to be that, I mean, there's no coincidence here, but if you want to be that Formula One race car correspondent, like I talked about, PM may be your first place to start. You might have some contacts. <laughs> But she she, of course, made history. Once again, I feel like she'll never stop making history in 2019 as she is the first ever Filipino to receive their own wax figure at Madame Tussauds in Hong Kong. And I've seen it and it looks incredible. Like, I can't believe how similar it looks to her. Have yeah.
0: you seen it? Uh, yeah. Well, I saw it because we did a news article on it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how I saw it. But I've not seen it um, in person. So that's pretty awesome. And mm-hmm. um, so Pia's journey to the Miss Universe crown was anything but traditional. However, despite the obstacles, Pia pushed on to take home one of the most sought after titles in the world. She served her, um, she served her reign with the same humility, humility and class that shone from the moment she was named the winner.
1: And when asked about how to handle events when things don't go as planned, Pia said, be stubborn with your goals, but flexible with your methods
0: and if you've enjoyed this episode or other ones like it please consider giving us a five star review or if you're watching this on our um, YouTube or if you're listening to it on Pandora or anywhere that you hear it please give us a five star review it might seem like a small action but it really does help us continue the show and help us put together the time of like piecing all this together doing the research and all the things that go in behind the scenes um, of running a podcast so thank you so much Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.